right, second hour of the show begins right now. Back at 105.5 The Roar. Kelly Gramlich, Roy Philpott, Daniel Shirley joins us in about 17 minutes from now. Looking forward to catching up with D. Shizzle. First hour in the books. A little bit of Clemson baseball. Coastal Carolina in town tonight. The uh, regular season home finale. As the defending national champion, Shauna Clears, arrive inside of Doug Kingsmore Stadium. You know what? Can we not throw this out there for a second? Clemson baseball is not playing its best brand of baseball right now. But if Coastal Carolina in that roster last season can win a national championship, can this team not do it this year? And listen, I don't know that Coastal had to beat a team like Louisville last year that's playing as well as it is right now. <laughs> uh, Cardinals are elite in every sense of the word. And right now, according to somebody I spoke with this morning that's uh, – uh, very deep in college baseball. He, he thinks Brandon McKay is going as the number one pick in the draft this year. And that's the guy that plays first. It's also a DH and like the Friday night ace for the Cardinals this year. You got to beat those, those guys. It's not going to be easy. But if Coastal Carolina can win it last year, if this team gets hot, why can't it win it this this year? I mean, I you know, would, it, would they be ahead of schedule? Yes. Are they the favorites to do so? No. Are they even a national seed right now? No. But if you get hot at the right time, a little Seth Beer, you get maybe one guy hot out of the bullpen, Pat Crawl does his thing, who knows? That's the beautiful part about baseball. But you need to win this game tonight to kind of stem the tide, turn the ship around, do all those kinds of good cliches we like to talk about. So a big game tonight coming up, Coastal Carolina. You can hear all the action right here at 105.5 The Roar. We mentioned that briefly in our first hour. Some NBA playoff conversations as well in our last segment. Got people sending us notes on the text line about some of that. Blake and Anderson, 96-15-66. We'd love to see a Celtics-Spurs finals, even though we all know it ain't happening. Who has a better chance to pull off an upset in the conference finals? Boston or San Antonio? It's got to be Boston. And the Spurs already trailing one game's uh one game to nothing and, and really it's more than that because psychologically i think when you blow a 25 point lead on the road in game one and then you lose your star uh forward in the process in Kawhi leonard it feels like they're already down like three and a half games to none if that makes sense so i mean boston boston has a better chance i think to pull off the upset you agree with that boston's healthy you know i mean that helps boston not only are you missing Kawhi for the Spurs, you're missing Tony Parker. So your depth is already depleted. Yeah. And that's something I thought the Spurs had as an advantage over Golden State was the depth. Because the Warriors don't have much of it. They traded it all away to get KD. But without Tony Parker and with Manu, you know, kind of Grandpa Dude, Manu. Th so th that guy has been playing out of his mind He has. Lately. Well, he'll have one really good half and then he'll look like a grandpa in the second half. So <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's not really reliable with consistency. But if Kawhi is not... 100%, which I don't think he will be. How can he be with all these ankle injuries he's had recently? Then I don't give the Spurs that good of a chance. But it is frustrating as a sport, as a Spurs supporter that San Antonio oh, should have right. won game one. I forgot we you love the Spurs. It. We should have won it. Is that what you just we, said? Yes. We should have won it. Roy, Spurs had that game in the bag. Are you kidding? Kawhi was dunking on everybody. I know he was. They, you had a 25-point lead in the second half. Even if the Warriors go on their run, because they will. They're going to go on a run. With Kawhi in that game, he doesn't let you lose it. I firmly believe that. I, I, I suspect that you're right. But isn't it funny when Golden State goes on one of those runs? Everybody yeah, knows hilarious. it's going to happen. Well, well no, yeah, not when it's against your team, obviously. <laughs> but it's like you can feel it coming. And you know it's coming. And there's nothing you can do to change that. Like when they are ready to make a run, it's usually generated by three consecutive stops defensively, which usually means you're taking some kind of garbage Three, uh, you know, as the shot clock is expiring because they're not playing that great a defense so far in the playoffs. But when it feels like they're getting ready to go on one of those patented runs, it is impossible to stop. There's nothing you can do to stem the tide and change that. I, I don't know if that's just because they're so good offensively, but you could feel that happening when Kawhi went out and they immediately go on the 16 nothing run. Greg Popovich, I think, called one or maybe two timeouts, and it didn't change anything. It's like, okay, here comes a Curry three, here comes Curry mid-range, Kevin Durant three, Clay Thompson does his thing, and all of a sudden a 25-point deficit's turned into like 12. And at that point, you know at some point in the fourth quarter, it's going to be less than 10. And if it's less than 10 in Golden State and there's more than 90 seconds remaining on the game clock, they've got a chance. 
because they literally can explode for a 12 nothing run in 60 seconds. And normally over the course of a given game in four quarters, they do that one or maybe two times where they become that explosive. <laughs> On the text line as well from the 864, this Golden State run has to feel like what every South Carolina feels like in every football game. They know it's coming. <laughs> uh, maybe so. But right, there's nothing the Spurs can do. I would argue even with Kawhi to stop those runs from happening. Are they better equipped with Kawhi on the court? No doubt. Yeah. Would they have won game one if Kawhi stays healthy for all four quarters? Probably so. They trail in this series three and a half games to none right now because of what happened in game one, right? You, you, You buying that? You follow me with that logic? Because they blew a 25 point lead and they lost their stars, probably not playing tonight. There's no way they win tonight in game two. They're a 13-point underdog. Yes, it's the collateral damage that comes from Kawhi not only not playing the second half of that game, but inevitably not being 100% for the rest of the series. He's not going to feel like his normal 100% Kawhi self. You played college basketball. I did. You were a highly touted prospect coming out of the uh, the beautiful state of, of Texas down there in Austin, right? Yes, highly touted. Say it. <laughs> sure. Right. Highly touted. <laughs> You had more than one Division One scholarship offer. Correct. All right. That's all I need to hear. You've played a ton of basketball in your career. That is true. Have you ever sprained your ankle? I actually, yes. I've I had some ankle issues. I broke my ankle as a freshman in high school, so that kind of led to ankle issues. How did that happen? You know, it was all a blur <laughs> to me. Um, I was playing varsity as a freshman, and we were on the road somewhere, some little town. Someone is in our conference, I think, Bastrop, Texas. You're from Texas, or you lived in Texas. You might know where Bastrop is. I do not. Okay, well, it's in the middle of nowhere. And I, it was all a blur. I just went down in a huff, and I thought I just sprained my ankle, and so did the trainer there, the away trainer, but went and got an x-ray. I broke a bone in there, so I had a cast on my ankle. And so my right ankle has never been truly the same. And then my sophomore year of high school, I missed about 10 games because I continuously kept spraining my ankle. And basketball season, you, you don't rest. I mean, you play a game Tuesday, you play a game Friday, whatever. And it, it became mental for me that season. Because every time you go up for a shot, you think you're going to come down on someone's foot. You can't get it out of your mind. And then once that ankle continues to be sprained, it's always a little off. And it got better throughout the next few years. I felt 100% and it was fine. But that season never truly felt 100% throughout the year. I broke my ankle as well playing pickup basketball. There you go. Over there at Fike on campus. Oh, no. All right. On the play itself, I I, I was so excited because this, this little dude... Attempted, I know that's funny, right? This little guy, free throw line extended, uh, took a shot. And I, I, I swear to God, I must have climbed the ladder 10 feet. I felt like I was 10 feet off the ground. I blocked it. I swatted it. Okay. And I came down and broke my ankle and it just went pow. Yep. Did you hear a pop? Yes. It hurt like you know what. And it still hurts right now. Mm-hmm. All right. That was 19 years ago when that happened. And it hurts as I'm sitting here talking right now. So I ask you that question. I recite that story for the umpteen time in this show to remind people, anything happens to your ankle, especially like in the next six months after the original injury occurs, that thing is never 100%. And it really becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I remember after I broke that ankle, the next time that I played basketball, months later, I mean, I remember when it was, but the next time I did, I was so concerned I was going to roll it again or something was going to happen to it. I rolled my other ankle and nearly broke it. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it was such a mental thing. So when the ankle injury occurs, it doesn't heal 100%. It, maybe it never does. But certainly in that season, to your point, you play basketball all the time. It doesn't heal for the rest of that year. And then not only is it a physical deal, it becomes a mental issue because you're so paranoid that how you broke it, sprained it, did whatever the first time, you're going to do it again because, man, it hurts. It is uncomfortable. And as a basketball player, as an athlete in general, think about how many times you plant, cut, go. That ankle is the centerpiece of that whole sequence. So if that thing's not 100%, you aren't nearly as explosive. It becomes a major deal, correct? And especially with a a player like Kawhi, I think for some reason we we associate ankle injuries with a lower level of basketball. We, we don't think that a sprained ankle can keep Kawhi Leonard off the court, right? 
But it's the same effect on a professional basketball player of Kawhi Leonard's caliber than it is on Roy playing in Fike. It's the same effect to your body. And for me with Kawhi, he's such an explosive player offensively, but also defensively, Roy. The way he can guard side to side, lateral movement, quick first step, all of that goes out of the window when he doesn't feel 100%, especially in the ankle area. Well said. The point of all of this is Kawhi Leonard, the rest of these playoffs, however long San Antonio can kind of tread water, is not going to be 100%. If I was Greg Popovich, and it sounds like most indications are he's not going to play tonight, I would sit him out tonight. You know, game three, you get a couple of more days. Assuming he's been off of it for the last 36 hours, it'll be five or six days in between games where Leonard actually plays. If he rests tonight, it's almost a week. And that at least, you know, gives you a chance. You could almost sacrifice tonight, game two, and then regroup in game three and say, okay, we got to find a way to win these two games at home. We even up the series. We roll the dice and take our chances at that point. Understand you're probably not going to win tonight with an unhealthy Kawhi Leonard anyways. I I don't know what other card you can play. The flip side of that is also Leonard was out. Tony Parker was out in game six at Houston. And San Antonio played out of its mind and blew out the Rockets. Now, granted, that's scrub James Harden, scrub Rockets, garbage basketball. It's a totally different beast playing Golden State. But at least that team, minus its two key stars, found a way to win on the road. So, I mean, you could go in tonight minus Kawhi and say, okay, guys, remember the Alamo. No, remember Houston. We pulled it out in game six. We found a way to win it then. We recognize the task at hand is much taller tonight, but hey, we've at least done this in the last seven days. There's something to be said about that. So if I'm Popovich, head coach of your Spurs, I'm telling Kawhi Leonard, okay, give it a little bit of a test pregame. If it's not significantly better, and I mean significantly better, and it's not going to be, we're not playing you. And I said, well, bitch, I may not even let him do that. I'm saying sit on the bench, rest that ankle, Get treatment 24 hours a day, and let's regroup in game three. You have to agree with me on that one. I do. I don't even think you try to play Kawhi tonight. I think you tell Jonathan Simmons, hey, you're playing. You're starting. You are our Kawhi, like he was in game six. Of course, you can't really be Kawhi, but... Jonathan Simmons, if he's playing like a starter, playing those minutes, getting in that flow, he can be effective. And then if you're Popovich, frankly, you just pray that Steph doesn't go off. You grew up in Austin. How did you become a fan of the Spurs? Just curious. We don't have any pro teams. And San Antonio is about an hour 15 away. It's not far. They're our team. Our uh, our, uh, Little League, if you will, for basketball was sponsored by the Spurs. We went down and played at halftime of one of their games. Fell in love with the Spurs at an early age. And, I mean, pretty easy to root for, especially so, as I was growing up. Well, yeah, they, they've they won 50 games or more, mm-hmm. I think, 20 straight years. Is yeah. that what it is? And then you win the first one in, in well, 99. I briefly remember 99, briefly. But then you had the 03 win and 05 and 07, and it, you know, just keeps going. So at no point you thought of being a fan of the Rockets or the Mavericks? Heck no. I don't like any Houston sports teams. I don't like Houston. And then I, I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, but... When I was growing up, they were the only pro team in Texas. So, of course, I was a Cowboys fan. And everyone in Texas is a Dallas Cowboys fan. Hate the Mavs. Don't really care for the Rangers. Watch the Astros a little bit when they were good with the three Bs, remember? Right. My mom watched some Astros. But when you're in Austin, you can kind of pick and choose your Texas teams because you just don't have any. So, you went Spurs, Cowboys, and then baseball, you didn't give a crap. Not really, yeah. Yeah. So, that's how it went. Very good. Very interesting there. Uh, you know, I, I lived in Dallas for a couple of years, did not grow up in Texas. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to, you know, what uh, how Texans feel about their state. And obviously there's a, a great sense of pride associated with it. But it's interesting to hear somebody that doesn't like the Mavs or the Rockets that grew up a, a fan of the Spurs. It's just hard for me to fathom because I, I grew up a fan of the Rockets, <clears throat> then lived in Dallas and became a huge fan of the Mavericks, watching Dirk kind of excel. And then Steve Nash, when he was there. With, those were with, fun years. Those were incredible teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and always despised, I mean, loathed the San Antonio Spurs. Bruce Bowen and the Dirty Spurs. <laughs> I mean, that, The it, feeling was mutual. With, with Dallas? Oh, I hated Dallas. Are you serious? Oh, how, yeah. How could you hate Dirk? I mean, I like, okay, Dirk's fine. The problem was, this was the problem with, with Mavs, is you love your Spurs, and you know what you had, but you knew you were boring, and at that point, the Mavs were fun. Really boring. They were fun to watch Tim with Steve Duncan. Nash and Dirk and all those guys. I mean, those, now. They were fun. Those teams never won a championship. I get it. Well, no, Dirk did. 
Well, Dirk won one in 2011. Nash but yeah. Nash didn't. The, the, the teams they had with Nash and Van Axel and the, the Vets. High Sox. I, I love Nick Van Axel. Jason uh, Terry. Jason Terry, the Jet. He won the title. You know, yeah, Jason Terry did, yes. But the teams that were there when Don Nelson was a head mm-hmm. coach, they would score 140 points and then lose to the Kings in the conference semifinals 141 to 140. I mean, <laughs> man, it was entertaining. Oh, it was great to watch. San Antonio would grind its way through the playoffs, win a boring championship against, I don't know, the Pistons yep. or, or the Pacers Cleveland. or Cleveland. It was Cleveland when it was just LeBron and nobody else. I mean, Spurs put boring in basketball in the middle part of the last decade. They were tough to watch. Let me tell you this, Roy. I was back in the homeland last week, so got some insider information. You know how Dallas and Fort Worth pretty much have merged into this major metropolitan area. Now they're saying... The Metroplex is what we call it. Third largest metropolitan area, the Metroplex in the country, and, and growing even more. I'm hearing some rumors, okay? Oh. That, and I've, you can see the growth if you go down there. Maybe 20, 30 years down the road, you have a Austin-San Antonio merging. Really? Of a metroplex, if you will. Wow. Dallas and Fort Worth are a little closer geographically, but, I mean, you can get to San Antonio from Austin. If you drive a little fast, in an hour, you just get on I-35 and go, and San Antonio is growing north. Austin is mainly growing north, but needs to grow a little more south, but you could see a merging there. Interesting. And then I'll have some validity with my Spurs claim a little more than I guess I have right, now, even right, though I love the Spurs. Right, yeah. That's very interesting. Just some inside information. You know, I, I remember when I was in high school, before we get to Daniel Shirley, uh, speaking of AC floor, I, I remember my geography teacher, I think it was, Mr. Bolivar, who was uh, one of my favorite teachers down in Columbia at AC floor high school. I hope he's doing well. hope he's doing very well. But I, I remember him drawing a map of the southeastern United States. And he highlighted, remember, this is in Columbia, not here in the upstate, but he highlighted the area between Atlanta and Charlotte. And he said, this corridor of Interstate 85, and this is like circa 1992. He said, this corridor of Interstate 85, I forgot the exact phrase he used, but I want to say a megapolis or something. But it was basically his thought process that that would be the area that expanded and grew more than just about any other area in the country over the course of the next 40 to 50 years. The spot between Atlanta and Charlotte. Huh. And I, I think to a certain extent that's happened and it'll continue to happen. But I, I think you could see something like that occur between those two metropolitan areas with, with Greenville kind, kind of being the center and some would argue Spartanburg there as well. And obviously you've got kind of a similar deal where you've got two cities, the airport in between. And, you know, who knows? Maybe in our lifetime you see that kind of growth and development here. You never know. Uh, coming up in our next segment, joined by the sports editor of the Macon Telegraph, our good friend Daniel Shirley. Going to talk some college football with D. Shizzle, get his perspective on a number of different fronts, including uh, Georgia Bulldogs, Clemson Tigers, and maybe even some MLB discussions concerning your Atlanta Braves. Daniel Shirley joins us next for our weekly conversation. Back with him and more after this. Stay tuned. You can be the spark. To bring light where there was dark. To leave an everlasting mark. To walk. To reflect. To run. To ride. To remember. And to bark. To create an inspiring landmark. To To complete complete the the Cancer Cancer Survivors Survivors Park. Park. The Cancer Survivors Park is located in downtown Greenville, between Falls Park and Cleveland Park. Be the spark. Give today and remember always at cancersurvivorspark.org. Hello, it's Neil Monahan with Monahan Company Real Estate. Now that your spring cleaning is done inside your home, it's time to think about a clean vehicle. As we celebrate our 10th year in business, this month the Monahan Company is giving away one full month of unlimited car washes from Tiger Express Car Wash in Clemson. Tiger Express is Clemson's car wash, just like the Monahan Company is Clemson's locally owned real estate company. Call us today at 639-1188 or stop by our College Avenue office downtown and let's talk real estate. Rooster's Men's Grooming Center believes a man deserves a space of his own when it comes to grooming. Rooster's offers the charm and comfort of a classic American barbershop, but updated to accommodate the 21st century man. Our professional stylists and barbers will make sure you receive the customized barbershop experience through classic haircuts, shaves, and products that reaffirm what it means to look and feel great. Rooster's at the Plaza on Pelham. Book your appointment today at 884-8920. 
Rely on EnviroMulch. They supply quality landscape supplies for any outdoor project. Their spring special. Get double ground hardwood mulch for a dollar off per yard. Ordered online with promo code WCCP. No other discounts apply. From your friends at EnviroMulch. Go Tigers! Everybody knows the story. You can't sleep on a bed that's too hard. You can't sleep on a bed that's too soft. But you can sleep on a bed that's just right. Engineered Sleep might not have been around when Goldilocks was written, but they know that a bed that's just right is made just for you. It's not just a fairy tale. They actually build a mattress based on your sleep habits and patterns so that you can get that Goldilocks kind of sleep. And if after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process and learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there's no middleman. Factory to you. And you can score a significant discount by picking your mattress up instead of having it delivered. Engineered Sleep, it's not mattress shopping, it's an experience. Looking for delicious and innovative food in downtown Clemson? The Blue Heron Restaurant and Sushi Bar is the answer. Fresh house-cut steaks and seafood and free-range poultry are just a few of the menu items that define the Blue Heron. And specials like Monday's Pizza and a Pint build your own four-topping pizza for $9. The finest steaks and fresh seafood at the Blue Heron, College Avenue, Clemson. Visit our website at blueheronfood.com. Elkmont Trading Company in Clemson is your locally owned outfitter, women's boutique, shoe store, gourmet foods and home goods store. From candles and dresses to tents and fly fishing gear, Elkmont has it. Elkmont offers clothing and gear for an outdoor lifestyle, so come in and get ready for summer with a stand-up paddleboard or kayak from Jackson, Perception, or Wilderness Systems. Elkmont has the area's best selection and rentals for you to try before you buy. But folks, you already know all this about Elkmont, but what you might not know is that they have recently opened a craft beer bar and restaurant featuring 16 taps of the area's best locally crafted beer and great food as well. Craft beer, excellent food, all that's missing is you. Elkmont is located at the Highway 93 exit off Highway 123 across from Bojangles. And remember folks, if you haven't been to Elkmont, you haven't been to Clemson. Middays means three great hours of sports talk on the Roy Philpot Show. You cannot have a normal life and do this job at the same time. And now, back to Roy and Ben on WCCP 105.5 The Rule. All right, second hour continues on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. Hanging out with Kelly, I am Roy. And here at 105.5 The Roar, phone number 654-7627. We're going to take you to our guest lines right now. Welcome in the man, the myth, the legend. He is Daniel Shirley, and he is, of course, the sports editor of the Macon Telegraph and apparently does uh, many other tasks there at the Telegraph. And uh, Daniel, great to have you back on board. And uh, I, I trust you guys busy as always down there in middle Georgia. Yeah, really are. we got college baseball heating up and uh, a lot of stuff going on and kind of Boy, last night I was going through high school and, and football schedules and SEC and <laughs> ACC schedules, and uh, I do a do a thing every year that I started a couple years ago with kind of a roadmap through the SEC and ACC, and I uh, just kind of started putting those schedules in last night. I'm going to go through them the rest of this week and kind of get started on that project, but it's it never ends. And I mean, that's the fun part about it, isn't it? It is, and I, I was going to ask you this too. I mean, it. It feels like getting ready for the upcoming college football season in the Deep South, like that process starts earlier and earlier every year if you're in the media, doesn't it? Well, it does, and I think that goes back to, you know, the magazines coming out for those guys who do those magazines with Athlon and, and, and Lindy's and Feel Still and all that. That's kind of the start of it. It, it kind of signals it to everybody. But even for us in, in newspapers, I mean, my entire career, we've done preseason sections for college football and for high school football, and uh, it's one of my favorite parts of doing it. We did we two, maybe two or three years ago, we did not do one, and I felt weird. It was like it was like Christmas didn't happen or something. It was, uh, it was you know, it's one of those days that you hate doing all the work, and or you love doing all the work, and then you're glad it's done, but then you get to see the product, and you're really excited about it. So, it, it's a great time of year to kind of just 
regroup a little bit and, you know, maybe go on vacation or whatever. But, uh, you know, once you get going back into it and get started for football season, it's, it's, it's really the best time of the year. Well, it's not even two months away from the SEC media circus over there in Alabama, right? I mean, that's just the preview right. of the season itself is going to be here before you know it. Yeah, and I think the, the ACC and SEC are the same week this year, the same days. It used to be, you know, the ACC was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever, and then the SEC started up or they were separate weeks. Uh, I know one year I went to both of them, so they were separate weeks. And I think this year they're the same week and the same days. So uh, that'll be really, really interesting to see how that plays out. Let me ask you this question, and then I want to lead in afterwards uh, asking you a few questions concerning Georgia Tech because I think we've threatened to do that the last couple of times you've been with us, but we haven't gotten to it. How far or how big or wide is the gap right now between the ACC and SEC? Because it feels like, and I think this is the sense nationwide, the gap is still there, but it's not quite as large as what it was five years ago. And in maybe even two or three years ago. Where, where do you stand on that uh, little conundrum? Well, I'll tell you, I think the top teams, I think the gap is is Alabama and everybody else. I don't think I don't think it's SEC, ACC. Because I think if you took, if you ranked the teams in the SEC and ACC and maybe you put Alabama first, I think you'd probably have some ACC teams in there in the next few spots with Clemson and Florida State and maybe even Virginia Tech, throwing them in with what Justin Fuente was able to do last year. Um, and then you kind of go from there with the rest of them. So I don't think the gap is there, but I think the gap is down at the bottom of the ACC. I mean, there still are some teams in the ACC that that are really lacking in, in what they're doing. They're lacking in resources. So I think that's where the gap is. And I, and I do think a lot of that is with coaching. Boy, I mean, we had Gene Sapkoff on our show from – from Charleston, and he did a list a few weeks ago about ranking the SEC and ACC coaches one to twenty-eight. And there, there was it was obviously Nick Saban, and then Dabo, and Jimbo Fisher, and then and there were still some more ACC schools in there before you got to the rest of the SEC. So I think you've seen the ACC hire better coaches, and I think that has really helped them improve their standing in the in the uh, in the football world because. Really look at the, especially in the coastal, last year with those hires that they made with Mark Rick and Fuente, and and I, I even think Mendenhall and Rocco Mendenhall is going to do a really good job at Virginia. I think you saw that that division really step up, and uh, probably going to see it maybe pit, you know carry its water a little bit better than it has in past years. But I, I do think that the conferences are getting closer, and then the SEC is going to have to adjust. I mean, the SEC was king for so long, and and. It's been a little bit of a struggle for the conference the last couple of years. We'll see how they adjust and see how those teams, you know, try to improve their log a little bit. Talking with Daniel Shirley, sports editor of the Macon Telegraph on Twitter at DM underscore Shirley. Make sure you give him a follow there and also at uh, Macon.com. There's been a lot of rumors, and this seems to kind of heat back up uh, once every year or so. Uh, Notre Dame to the ACC full-time playing football. Ironically, the conference just released its Notre Dame football schedule through 2037 earlier last week. And yet these rumors are starting to, to filter back out again this week that financially would make more sense for the Golden Domers to join the ACC on the gridiron. Uh, do you think that happens? What do you make of some of that stuff that's been on Twitter the last couple of days concerning Notre Dame football finally joining a conference? Yeah, I think it has to happen eventually. I really do. And I think the playoffs will play a part in that. And, and it just makes sense that if it would be, if they're going to do it, it's the ACC because that's where the rest of their teams are. And So I, I think they will do it. I don't know how, how quickly it will happen. And, and to me, it does make sense for them to do it. I, I just think, you know, we're past the days of kind of, quote, Notre Dame being that Notre Dame brand and, and really deserving to have their own, TV network, and I know NBC or whoever would throw money at Notre Dame, but I, we were kind of talking about this the other day on our show. I don't know when's the last time I watched a Notre Dame game, and then I looked back, and it was Texas last year. Well, that was on ABC, so it wasn't even on NBC. And, and maybe I'm not their their target audience, but I, I just think that eventually Notre Dame is going to have to get into a conference. I think BYU is going to have to get into a conference. And if they're going to stay relevant, and I, it'll it'll happen sooner than later, uh, maybe within the next. I don't know when that deal was up with NBC with Notre Dame, but 
I would say if that comes up, then you'll start to see some more movement and you'll see Notre Dame jump into a conference. Mentioned Georgia Tech with you earlier in this interview, and they won nine games last year. Uh, after a dismal season the previous campaign with all the injuries that Paul Johnson's club suffered on offense. Where is Georgia Tech right now starting this coming season, and are they potentially one of the favorites in the Coastal Division, in your opinion? Well, they got to find out who their quarterback is going to be. And, it, you know, Justin Thomas is gone. Um, so if they if they nail down their quarterback, and, and I think that it, that's going to be the key for them, as always, in that offense, is who runs the offense and, and how well do they run it. We've seen when they don't run the off, when that quarterback struggles, that's usually when they struggle, other than that year, a couple of years ago when they had all the injuries and it just kind of decimated their team. So I, I, I like Matthew Jordan a lot at quarterback. I think he's going to do a pretty good job. They've got some, some redshirt freshmen who are coming in behind him who are probably going to be pretty good. So I, I think they, I wouldn't call them the favorite. I would call Virginia Tech the favorite just because what that staff was able to accomplish last year going into the season. But I, I would say Georgia Tech would be second, um, you know, right after them going into the season. And I think Georgia Tech's got a legitimate chance to win that division. Which means if I agree with those thoughts, Georgia Tech has no chance to win that division because they can be so Jekyll and Hyde. I, I want to ask you a simple but a very complicated question concerning Georgia Tech. And, I just want your straight-up, raw, uncut opinion here. No sugarcoating, no any of the nonsense that we like to do here on this show. But let me just ask you this. How does Daniel Shirley feel about Paul Johnson as the head coach at Georgia Tech in 2017? Well, I'm a big fan. Well, first off, they're going to, you know, since you and I agree that they're going to be good, they're going to be 4-8. and Right. We've seen that movie before, haven't we, Roy? We've We've bought that ticket before, but I'm a big fan of Paul Johnson. I really am. Uh, I, I love his personality. I know he's a little prickly. I know he can be, you know, a little egotistical, whatever, however you want to say it, but I'm, I'm a big fan. I think he's funny. I think he's smart, and I, and I think most times he's the smartest person in the room. So uh, I, I think, he, you know, arrogant, whatever you want to call him, I like it. I like the fact that he doesn't have a, a play sheet with, 300 plays on he just calls what he sees from the sideline and and you know i think he's got the right defense coordinator in ted roof and it took him a little while to find that but i think he's got that now and they're gonna have a really good defense i think this year a lot of talent on that defense so I, i'm a big fan of paul johnson and 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 love just you know some of my favorite interviews have been interviewing him so i i think they're gonna have a big year and i and, and i think he's gonna be there for a while i i went back and looked at their history a couple of years. I think it was last summer I wrote a column about this. And, you know, Georgia Tech people were talking about him and calling for his head and all this stuff. And I said, well, go back and look at your history a little bit. And you looked at the number of 10-win seasons and the number of big wins in bowl games. And, and they were, he, you know, since Bobby Robinson left, he was the guy. I mean, you know, there were a lot of seven- and six-win seasons in that mix. And then there's Paul, and, and, you know, he's had those as well, but they don't have a lot of 10- and 9-win seasons in their history in the last 25 or 30 years, and most of the time they've done it, it's been with him. All right, so I, I agree with what you said, and I, I think you and I would both admit wholeheartedly if, if Tech got off to a 1-6 and six start this year that people would start to feel differently about him rather quickly because of the offense. Right or wrong, that's just the nature of the piece. With how you described your affinity for Paul Johnson, in your opinion, as someone that covers sports in Georgia on a full-time basis, does the majority of the Yellow Jacket fan base feel the same way that you do in what you just told us? I, I'm just curious here. I think so, but I think there's also that always that vocal minority that when they when they stomp their feet and 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 yell and scream and holler about what's going on with their program that it looks like they're the majority. and I, But I don't think that's the case. I think most Georgia Tech fans like what he's doing. Now, they might not like the offense. And, and, I, and I will tell you that I think most of them don't like the offense. But as long as you win, you know, and, and you have those seasons where you are winning games, I think they look past the offense. Now, when, when you struggle a little bit, then that's when the offense becomes an issue. Nobody was complaining about the offense two years ago when they were – uh, when they won 11 games and they went to the Orange Bowl, right? I mean, nobody complained about that offense when they were running up and down the field against 
Mississippi State in the Orange Bowl. And nobody complained about the offense the last two times they've been to Athens and they've beaten Georgia. So I think it really is the offense kind of becomes the crutch. When they, when they don't win maybe as much as you don't want to, you bring up the offense. But when you're winning, hey, I love the offense. I'm fine with the offense. So I think as long as you win games, the people will be fine with the offense. All right, another complicated question, simple in nature, but I, I can't wait to hear your response on this. You just mentioned it. Georgia Tech won 11 games two years ago, three years ago, went to the Orange Bowl, and I mean completely dismantled Mississippi State. A team that year that had been ranked number one in the uh, college football playoff poll, like, I don't know, three or four weeks in a row. And, and, and it wasn't even close in the Orange Bowl. If Tech can do that, running that offense under Paul Johnson, is it possible for Paul Johnson and that program to one day win a national championship doing what they do? Is, is that feasible, given what's going on down there and what's been going on down there now for the last 10 years under his watch? Well, I mean, look, they've... I mean, in my lifetime, they've won one national title, and that was the, the, the Bobby Ross team. So, I mean, I, I think it's – I think anybody can – feasible because, you know, they, they they can do it. He'd have to have the – I mean, I think the perfect storm of, of things going in their in their favor. I mean, you get the, the perfect quarterback, and I think they just had the perfect quarterback, to be honest with Justin Thomas. But you, I think mean, you'd have to have the perfect quarterback. You might have to have – Programs like Clemson and Florida State be down a little bit. Maybe Virginia Tech be down a little bit, so you wouldn't have to run through, you know, those juggernauts. But I, I do think they can. Win. Look, he won big time at, at Georgia Southern. He won a lot of games at Navy, and, and I know those are different levels. But I don't. I would not doubt Paul Johnson. I mean, I I think he's the he's the uh, is one of the smartest coaches that I've ever been around, and and I, I think he's a heck of a coach and. They've got a lot of talent this year. I'm not saying they're a national championship team this year, but I think they've got a chance to be really, really good. So your answer is yes. He he can win a national championship there. It's doable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, okay. look, I know there are. I know there's limitations at Georgia Tech, and and I hear it all the time about the how hard it is to get in academically. And I mean, it's hard to get in academically at Stanford. It's hard to get in academically at Notre Dame as well. And I, I mean, I know Stanford hasn't won title, but. I do think that you could see them become a 10-win a team every year and maybe get into the mix with the perfect storm that, that I mentioned before. It's a long shot, but I do think it could happen. Good stuff. Check out Macon.com. Also, Daniel on Twitter, DM underscore Shirley. You can find him right there. Give him a follow and find out the latest and greatest going on inside the borders of the Peach State. Uh, we appreciate it as always. And look, the countdown is on, uh, is on as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we're less than two months away from the media days. Uh, college football season's here. Let's just go ahead and pretend like that's the case. Hey, it's it's, it's always preseason for college football, right? And as soon as, as soon as signing day's over, it's college football preseason with spring games and now everything yeah. else going on. So that, that's the way I'm going to look at it to get through the summer. Great stuff, my friend. We'll talk again next week. Okay, thanks, guys. Daniel Shirley, sports editor of the Macon Telegraph. Can we pursue that notion for two and a half seconds in this space in our next segment? Can we imagine, can we wrap our minds around the idea of Georgia Tech football under Paul Johnson running the spread option, flex bone, wishbone, triple option, whatever kind of option you want to call it offense? Can we wrap our minds around that? And think about what would happen after the fact if Tech Johnson won a national title and brought another trophy home to Atlanta. I mean, the college football world would be turned upside down if it happened. More on that coming up. Your phone calls, your reaction coming up. 654-7627, 654-ROAR. We're back with more on that after this. Randy Strickland and Greg Wales of Kiwi Financial Group have been serving the upstate for almost 60 years. They take pride in building successful investment, insurance, and retirement strategies to ensure financial peace of mind for you, your family, and your business. As independent advisors, they're not bound by expensive proprietary plans, but they can offer you successful strategies and options that suit your financial goals. Kiwi Financial Group in Clemson. Call them today at 654-5043 or go online at kiwifg.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be, well, like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along. 
which is why you should try ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter is different. It doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. With its powerful technology, ZipRecruiter distributes your job everywhere it needs to be to find the right candidates. In fact, over 80% of jobs on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just one day. So, while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, only ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Used by businesses of all sizes, ZipRecruiter offers the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash score. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash score. For your free trial, ZipRecruiter.com slash score. You can't make a living walking in the woods, but you can at least get there in confidence on a set of Toyo Open Country MTs installed by the Pendleton Tire Company. Wrap those Toyos around a set of Fuel, Moto, Metal, or XD wheels. How about a lift from Rough Country, Fabtech, or McGoy's? Finish off that look with a set of NFAB step bars, and don't forget the WeatherTech floor liners. Call Joey or Zach today at 646-3694, or check us out at PendletonTire.com. Talking security with Clemson baseball coach Monty Lee. For a coach, winning is job security. For you, security is Blue Ridge Security Solutions for your home and business. Your options are enormous. Video surveillance, all sorts of home automation and lighting features, even a feature that automatically arms the system where you forget to. And my favorite, the video doorbell. My family loves the high level of service we get from Blue Ridge Security Solutions. Yours will too. BlueRidgeSecuritySolutions.com. Serious security. Imagine the warm sun, the cool spray, and a hot new Sea-Doo watercraft to speed into summer. With models starting at $52.99, our Sea-Doo lineup ranges from family to ferocious. Head to Foothills Motorsports right off I-85 in Piedmont, South Carolina now to purchase yours during our Ready to Ride event, and you will get a rebate of up to $500 on select 2016 models. The fun starts at Foothills Motorsports. Summer's almost here. Where is your Sea-Doo? Other conditions and restrictions may apply. See dealer for details. Hi, Tom Bodet, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodet, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. If you're a CDL driver looking for a proven company to work for, High Cotton Transportation is looking for you. High Cotton is a family-owned company, has doubled in size over the past two years, and they need quality drivers now. Round-trip dedicated, local low overnight stays, 40 cents per mile, earn monthly bonuses, and more. With a 100% track record with highly reputable and recognizable companies, High Cotton Transportation is a safe bet for your career. Email your qualifications to recruiting at highcottontransport.com or call 864-540-8194. this but this actually has a sports connection uh let me think what is the sports connection to top gun roy the sports connection to top gun i have no idea which came out 31 31 years years ago ago today is it today i thought it was yesterday my favorite movie of all time this is it i have a top gun t-shirt of course you do aviator sunglasses yes Kelly McGillis leaning on my shoulder. Whatever happened to her? Oh, she turned ugly. <laughs> I'm just being honest. 31 years ago today. Right. Biggest upset in volleyball history. Say again? Big, biggest upset in volleyball history. 31 years ago today, Top Gun is released, and it also coincided with the biggest upset in volleyball history? Yeah. Oh, uh, on the beach. Tom Gr- Cruise beats beach. Val Kilmer. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> Best movie oh, ever. Oh, God. Hey, welcome back to the show. I wanted, good to see you. I wanted to join the Navy after that movie I bet out. you did. I bet you did. I'm going to watch that tonight. Oh, Love God. that movie. It's not, it's not a bad movie. 
It's a great it's, movie. It's not a bad movie. It's, it's one of those that stays on my DVR at all time. It's a it's a yeah. perfect go-to when you're bored. Right. It really is. <clears throat> I would agree with that. See, my perfect movie when I'm bored would be Fletch. That's probably the difference between you and I. I like mid-80s Chevy Chase. Anything with him and it's Spies Like Us, Fletch, whatever. They're all classic Slapstick comedy. Yes, Roy that's Phil exactly right. What have you been doing? Where, where have you been? I don't even know where you've been. I'm sorry. No, God, it's okay. I, just, I really... You know what you did today? Bad. You texted me an hour beforehand, and, and you just let me know, hey, the first part of the show, it's probably not happening. And as soon as I got that text, I was like, you know what? This man sounds like he's got a lot going on. I totally get it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> Which is why you responded with a four-letter word. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was all. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. That's just what I do. But no, I got it. And so I, I, I wasn't miffed. I didn't feel disrespected. I felt good about it, recognizing that you would be here at some point in time. And, and I was good with it. I, and I trust, I hope, everything went really well with your uh, exploits. It, it did. Okay. And, and, and I'm sorry. No, it's um, okay. At, at some point, <clears throat> though... We'll we'll begin to start um, uh, explaining all the things that are happening behind the scenes that right. are going to. They're so so. Good. Is this a mega announcement that I'm unaware of? Is it anything like yeah, that? We have multiple mega announcements. Multiple uh, going mega at the announcements. Same time, so. Wow. Yes, I'm very happy, uh, but the the uh, the byproduct of that is it requires some. Right. Additional time, and I'm sorry, but I'm here now, and let's right. talk sports. And I, I will just start by telling you before we get into all the nonsense Daniel Shirley just said. Well, we're getting ready to digest that front and center, but go ahead. You were right; I was wrong Thank about you. Boston. Thank you. <clears throat> right, that was a triple your mortgage, take it to the bank, super lock of the millennium, lock of the century, triple down lock. Yeah, I mean. Had I known that Kelly Olenek was going to turn into Kelly Gramlich and actually hit shots. <laughs> You've been you sitting know. on that one all morning. Yeah. You've been waiting for that I, one. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, so, you know, I had Boston in there and I marked it out and changed it. So I'm really right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say. Whatever you say. But I appreciate yeah, you starting that. It was a great game, though. It was a good game. You, you and I were texting back and forth a little bit between. It was, it was and, good. And I was just going, don't make it to 15. Don't make it to 15 because Roy predicted a 15. Yeah, but I mean, it was, you know, you, you, you double the point spread. You covered easily. So I, that was kind of the point. But you're right. It wasn't 15. It ended up only being 10. It was what it was. All right. Let me blow your mind for two and a half seconds here. The question I posed to esteemed colleague and trusted source Daniel Shirley was this. It was just two and a half years ago where our good friend Paul Johnson claimed 11 victories in an Orange Bowl dominating tilt over uh, Mississippi State. Georgia Tech won 11 games, had it going on after a really slow start. And so I, I asked Daniel a series of questions, knowing that I was going to end up where we ended up. I wanted to gauge where he was with Paul Johnson. Are you fully on board now? You know there's going to be some peaks and valleys, but man, the guy's done a really good job there. He's like, yes. I said, is the fan base fully on board? He said, well, there's always kind of the naysayers out there, the vocal minority that says, you know, when they get off to a one and two start, it's a Mickey Mouse offense. We don't want to do this anymore. Let's hire ourselves uh, a, a real coach that, that runs a spread. And it's not, you know, this Navy, Georgia Southern stuff that they do at uh, schools where maybe it's hard to recruit to, even though Georgia Tech is hard to recruit to. And he said, well, you know, he said, I think for the most part, the fan base is on board. And I would tend to agree with that somewhat reluctantly, but I agree. And so I said this, if Johnson can lead the Wasps, and that's what a yellow jacket is. It's a Wasp. It's not a bee. Look it up if you don't believe me. Wikipedia. If he can lead that program to 11 wins and an Orange Bowl victory over a team that was ranked number one in the country for several weeks that year. Dak Prescott was a quarterback at Mississippi State back then. Okay? Right. If he can do that, can he win a national championship at Georgia Tech? And... I think my line of questioning surprised him. And so he kind of danced around a little bit while painting the picture that, yes, he can. And I finally asked him again, all right, so you're saying that they, they can. And he said, yes, Georgia Tech can win a national championship under Paul Johnson's watch. I mean, if they won 11 games a couple years ago, 
I, I, I kind of would agree with that. Again, reluctantly, but I would agree with it. And so I ask you this question. All right, first off, before I get there, do you agree that Paul Johnson could win a national championship at Georgia Tech? No. Ironically, Walt Abdullah just walked in the door behind us. I don't know where this show's going in the third hour. We'll see. Can he win one? No. 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 He won 11 games three years ago. They won the Orange Bowl three years ago. You're telling me he can't take that next step? Uh, no, I, I just... Can he... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess technically, yes. Extremely unlikely. All right, tell me why. Oh, soothsayer, tell me. I, I'm, I'm very curious here. If you want to talk about it, 654-ROAR, you can give us a call right now. Well, the, the first is that... As you said, it is. They do have some significant uh, uh, challenges when it comes to recruiting, not just because of the offense. Because I mean, they you know they sign players who want to play in that. You know that might, it's not for everybody, but there are some players who want to play in that. Uh, there are a lot of high schools who run that. You you already <laughs> sound con condescending with this. They, they want to play in that. Yeah, you know, like you're you're better than now. We appreciate that. that. They want to play in that. I mean, if you want to play in that... See, it's amazing how elitist you've become now that Clemson's won the national championship. That's what all this comes back to, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, so so I do think you you do still need talent. And I respect Paul Johnson's offensive play calling a great deal. I really do. But I still think that you put enough four and five stars on a defense against them, you're going to win nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. And in the in the teams that they lose to, Florida State's, Clemson's, right. uh, Georgia before you know the last couple of years, right? Uh, I mean, Georgia had had owned them, but they they've done a good job of turning that thing around. Paul Johnson won in Athens last year. Yeah, right. And, I mean, and there were a couple of those games they should have won, uh, you know, and and it was and just fell short right at the end. So they've been closer with Georgia, but still, Georgia puts four and five star defensive players on the field that are very, very fast. You've seen that from Clemson. You've seen that from Florida State. And I just think, I've always said, speed is the one thing that combats the Paul Johnson offense. Well, that's part of it. it, it it's speed and it's an intense amount of talent in the front four on defense to where you've got the ability to crash the A-gap prevent the fullback dive, and take care of business against the spread option that he likes to run. I would tend to side with Daniel and tend to disagree with you, but also admit it probably would take some special circumstances for Tech to get the job done. And here's what I mean. As Daniel alluded to, you would need Florida State and Clemson, particularly defensively, to have a little bit of a down season so that you could take advantage of that. And you would also have to have an incredibly gifted option quarterback leading the charge, right? A guy that doesn't put the ball on the ground and a player also at that position, a quarterback that can get the ball down the field and be a tad bit more accurate than what we've seen from the majority of the Georgia Tech quarterbacks. I personally fell in love with Josh Nesbitt running the option. I saw that up close and personal in the 2009 ACC championship game down in Tampa. Clemson couldn't stop it. That guy could toss it. He could run it. He could pitch it. He could read it. He knew exactly what was going on. I think it takes that kind of player. I think it would help in the ACC. I, I think Tech would have to run the table because I don't think that brand is where it needs to be with one loss, especially if that loss came late in the season like what we saw here last year with Clemson. I think you'd have to run the table. I think you have to win the ACC championship game. And then in the playoff where you'd have to win twice, remember, to win a national championship, Right. it would probably behoove Tech to face the kind of team to where – it was built more around offense than defense so that you avoid those massive future NFL standouts at defensive tackle. Again, smashing the A-gap, uh, preventing the fullback dive, which is the bread and butter of the option. It, it, so you, you would kind of need a little bit of a, a favorable draw, I think, in the college football playoff. More on that coming up in a second. Your phone call's right now. Brian's up with us next. Hey, Brian. Hey, guys. How are you? Very well. Well, you stole a little of my thunder, but, uh, yeah, I was basically going to say that uh, the, the, the triple option can't move the ball against a really good defensive line. Everybody knows that. And who do you play in national championships? Right. Really good defensive lines. Can you imagine you take the best Georgia Tech team in the last 10 or 15 years under Paul Johnson, can you imagine that team trying to move the ball against last year's Alabama? Absolutely no chance. Mm -hmm. No chance. Uh, thanks, guys. I enjoy the show. Brian, thank you. And, and 
I, I would tend to agree with that. It would be very difficult for Tech to put up, let's say, 28 or 31 points against the kind of defense that Clemson saw down in Tampa last year that Alabama presented. And and then, and then the flip side of that is, and maybe where I would say they, they do have a chance is, if you stumble across a really, a really, really good defense in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, you, to which, where you don't which, have to score 28 or 31 right. to win it. Then maybe it's a different, you know, maybe maybe you're you're right. singing a different story, uh, a different tune, and they have been better defensively. I think they could do it. I don't think it's likely. I think it would take a decent draw to be able to pull off what Villanova did in 1985 in the NCAA tournament in basketball. But let's suppose for a moment they did do it. What would that mean for the future of college football? I think that's an interesting question. We'll take you down that road. We'll get to more of your calls. It's coming up. Locked up tight. In the Blue Ridge Security Studio, the flagship station for all things sports. WCCP, Clemson Greenville, 105.5. The Roar. At Simmons Mattress Outlet in Seneca, we've added new models with the new year. We now carry both Serta and Beautyrest for more selection and more savings on your new mattress. We have the largest in-stock inventory around, so you can always find the mattress you need at the right price. And when you buy your new mattress, we give you the box spring free. Open seven days a week. Simmons Mattress Outlet is located in the old Walmart across from Chick-fil-A in Seneca. You know Joe's New York Pizza is all about the sauce because I've told you so. Here's the thing, people. They have outrageous wings as well. They're not fried. And if you're up to the task, you can even get them with Cajun Asian sauce. Their meatballs and marinara come with their famous garlic knots. And remember, if you have certain food allergies, Joe's offers gluten-free. Joe's has delivery, and they're great for fundraisers. And the Clemson location caters with two locations in Seneca and Clemson. Joe's New York Pizza. What business doesn't like to save a little money where they can? Crute LED has partnered with Duke Power to do just that. Whether you need LED tube lights, $4 after rebate, LED high bay fixture, $79 after rebate, parking pole light, $99 after rebate, or 6-inch down lights, $4 after rebate, Crute LED will pass on Duke Power rebate up front to you with a verification of your business's Duke Power bill. Visit online at CruteLED.com or visit their office at 109 Interstate Boulevard in Anderson right before J. Peters on exit 19B. You really don't need a special reason or a special occasion to shop at Reed's Jewelers. Simply put, anytime you step into Reed's, the award-winning staff will be sure you leave with a smile and what you came for. From diamonds for her to watches for him, Reed's has it. And to help you with your purchase, ask the Reed's team about their extended payment plans. Jewelry is about relationships that last a lifetime with your loved one and with your jeweler. Reed's Jewelers, online at reeds.com. In Haywood Mall, next to Belk. Reinvent your home. Open your eyes to new possibilities and your mind to smarter ways of doing things. You'll find them at The Home Depot, where the next generation of home improvement makes its home. New products, new tools, and new technology that take home improvement into the 21st century. About the only thing we haven't reinvented is helping you do more for less. That's the same as it's always been. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. You can't make a living walking in the woods, but you can at least get there in confidence on a set of Toyo Open Country MTs installed by the Pendleton Tire Company. Wrap those Toyos around a set of Fuel, Moto, Metal, or XD wheels. How about a lift from Rough Country, Fabtech, or McGoy's? Finish off that look with a set of NFAB step bars, and don't forget the WeatherTech floor liners. Call Joey or Zach today at 646-3694, or check us out at PendletonTire.com. There are two things every parent wants when their child goes to college. For their child to do well and a way to afford it. Now, with Discover Student Loans, parents can have the best of both worlds. Not only do our loans cover up to 100% of school certified costs with zero fees, but we'll give them a cash reward for each new student loan if they earn at least a 3.0 GPA or equivalent. That means every A in history or B in math could help them earn a cash reward for good grades. Just one of the many ways we treat you like you'd treat you. Apply now in 15 minutes or less at discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. Hello, it's Neil Monahan with Monahan Company Real Estate. Now that your spring cleaning is done inside your home, it's time to think about a clean vehicle. 
As we celebrate our 10th year in business, this month the Monaghan Company is giving away one full month of unlimited car washes from Tiger Express Car Wash in Clemson. Tiger Express is Clemson's car wash, just like the Monaghan Company is Clemson's locally owned real estate company. Call us today at 639-1188 or stop by our College Avenue office downtown and let's talk real estate. Roy Philpott on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. 